0: Welcome to episode 34 of Lime Ninja Radio. I am your host, McKay Rippey, and with me is Aurora, our producer. Hello. And we are here in the middle of March in Central New York, which means it's...
1: Mud season. Mud season. But also maple syrup season, which is very exciting.
0: It is. That means you get to walk through the mud to empty the maple syrup buckets into the trash can. Have you done that today?
1: I have not done that today, but you forgot to mention wading through drifts of semi-melted, semi-frozen snow as well.
0: Oh yes, there is that.
1: Yes. So that was exciting.
0: So when you put maple syrup on your pancakes, just think of all the hard work that went into it. (laughs) All right, or let's talk about Josh Cutler.
1: Sure. Six years ago, Josh Cutler had to leave his job working as a senior network engineer for the federal government due to the disabled symptoms of Lyme disease. Over the next several years, besides concentrating on his own recovery, he became a dedicated activist for those suffering with chronic Lyme. He and a group of chronic Lyme disease sufferers founded the Mayday Project, which Josh now works as an executive director. The Mayday Project was founded to promote awareness of Lyme disease and advocate change to the current IDSA guidelines and treatment options. Over the past few years, they have organized several successful programs protests, which garnered media attention, and are working to gain national attention for Lyme disease. The Mayday Project is now a registered nonprofit organization working to get Lyme disease recognized as a chronic illness, as well as advocating research and patient rights.
0: Thanks, Aurora. And here's Josh Cutler talking about this year's Mayday Project. Josh, it's McKay Rippey.
2: Hey, McKay. How are you?
0: Chilly. Has the cold gotten down there in Virginia?
2: Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. I haven't gone outside yet, but my wife went into work, and uh, she, she was complaining about it. So
0: so what's the temperature down there?
2: Um, I don't know. Last night it was 13 with the wind chill. So, oh. I mean, this morning it's supposed to be a lot more cold. I haven't even checked. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it looks pretty cold outside.
0: Yeah, we're below zero without the windchill.
2: Oh, a, wow. Where are you guys at?
0: Uh, Central New York. And oh, uh, wow. it's, it depths down this temperature every so often, but it's not a frequent thing.
2: Yeah. 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 It definitely gets cold. Up. I'm from upstate New York. So. Oh, great. Where? don't. Uh, Ithaca, Cor- uh, Cortland. Yeah. Area. So,
0: so I'm up uh, by Hamilton College in uh, Deansboro. Okay. Near
2: Utica. Sure. Yeah. New Hartford area. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love the area up there, but the winters were harsh.
0: <laughs> See, I'm from down there. I was born in DC. So
2: it's oh it's, really? It's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've um, I've, I've I've been in the South most of my life, but yeah, we're we're trying to make the transition back down south because with Lyme and everything like that during the winter, I just I feel absolutely horrible. So. I think when my wife's done with school we're going we're going to make the track back down there. I just <laughs> I'm done with winters for now.
0: Get get the sunshine and the warmth, huh?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So you're how are you feeling? What treatment were you getting?
2: Um right right now I'm feeling, I mean, I'm, I'm about baseline right now, which means I'm semi-functional. Yeah. Um, I've been, I've been doing antibiotics off and on for about 10 years, but, um, right now I'm doing more of um, a holistic herbal treatment. Um, I'm on Calvin's protocol and, um, the first day that we actually talked, I'd, um, I'd upped the drops thinking I'd be all right. And <laughs> it hit me really, really hard. And, yeah. um, since, since then I've kind of scaled back just to, to try and be functional.
0: Do you know Greg Lee? He's in Frederick, Maryland. What's his name? Greg Lee. He's an acupuncturist. He's my mentor in Lyme disease.
2: No, I, you said he's in Frederick. Yep. I'm trying to think. I, the only acupuncturist I know in Frederick, because I'm actually in Winchester, so it's not too far. Is There's like two frogs healing center, and I he, think he treats Lyme as well.
0: Yep, that's the same man.
2: That's Greg. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I know he is. I've, I've Actually, I watched one he did. I can't remember if it was an online webinar or something, but yeah, yeah, good guy, good guy. Yeah, he
0: is. his background, he's a NASA engineer by before he became an acupuncturist. It's kind of funny, so he brings a whole nother take on uh, alternative medicine.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, I was seeing an acupuncturist out in Sterling, Virginia, and, um, the drive just got to be too much. And the, uh, the acupuncturist that's here in Winchester still refers to it as Lyme's disease. And, um, he's not very educated in terms of it. And I don't, I don't think that he's really gifted with it. I mean, I've seen probably five or six acupuncturists since I've been sick and he just, I, I don't know, I've been three or four times and just hadn't been a good experience. So
0: it, It's uh it's a skill for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So tell me about the Mayday
2: Project. Okay, well, the Mayday Project, we've been around, this will be our sixth year. Um, We started off as a small group of activists that um, we started um, just by protesting right in front of uh, the White House um, in Lafayette Park. Um, We had a stage and, you know, a couple hundred people. And since then, it's grown into a lot more. It's, it's community-based. Pretty much everybody in the Lyme community is aware of, of what's going on now. Um, but we're leading the movement towards getting the uh, guidelines changed by the IDSA. Um, we started with the idea that we were going to start going after the IDSA when we first kind of brought the whole thing to fruit, you know, fruition. But um, a couple people disagreed, so we just, you know, we did a basic protest and just you know, gave something. You know, for a lot of patients to feel like they have a voice because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't out there in the community. Right. And about two years ago, we um we decided to hold a conference at Freedom Plaza in DC, um, just a visible landmark. I mean, pretty much from all aspects of <clears throat> DC, high traffic volume. Um, so we had several prominent doctors speak from. Um, you know, from our camp, from, you know, Lyme disease camp. And we had, I don't know, multiple different um, specialists in areas of treating Lyme speak and then different activists speak. And um, we, we had a really great turnout. Um, and then from there we marched, you know, like a mile and we still, you know, we, we, we reevaluated where we were at and, and what we were doing. And we wanted to move away from events that just made people feel good into doing something that was going to produce change. So we decided that we were going to try and take the IDSA, um, heads on by going right to their headquarters. So last year, um, we parked a big billboard truck right out in front of their headquarters and we went out there with a bunch of protesters and, um, we, we shut them down for the day. Um, we ran an online campaign where we had people constantly faxing, calling, emailing, Calling their—I mean, any any form of communication into their office was shut down because we had line patients communicating with them. Um, this time, we were kind of having people sharing their stories, um, not so much science-based, but we were presenting with the IDSA with with science documentation through facts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all along, we had line patients pretty much surrounded around their building. <clears throat> it did get to the point where they'd asked their board of directors had asked to speak with us and, um, had let us in the building to talk with us. And, you know, we essentially asked them, Hey, look, here's peer reviewed science study after study saying that there is proof for, you know, a persistent form of Borrelia, um, or, you know, we'll use the term chronic Lyme I'm not a fan of that term, but, um, they said that they'd review it and, um, that they'd, that they'd work with us. Well, fast forward, or. October where the IDSA and I'm not sure if everybody's aware the IDSA, the Infectious Disease Society of America, their guidelines are the reason for one that um, America and for lack of a better word, the entire world doesn't accept chronic Lyme disease um,
0: Okay, let's pause here for a second Is this a government agency or is this a professional organization?
2: No, no they're actually a privately held organization Uh, Most of your infectious disease doctors in the United States and sometimes, some all over the world are uh, members of the society. And essentially, they are what's considered the golden standard to set you know rules for treatment of infectious disease. So if you were to go get a referral to see an infectious disease doctor, there's a good chance that he's a member or he abides by the treatment guidelines, not just for Lyme, but for any infectious disease. Um, of the society. So um, they have a huge impact on um, American health care. Um, the CDC follows pretty much whatever the IDSA puts out without, you know, asking many questions. So it's an um, old, it's old,
0: yeah, it's an old fashioned guild then, right?
2: Right. Essentially that's exactly what it is, is. It's a, it's a guild of infectious disease doctors yeah, um, that, that come up with, you know, standards and treatments of care. So,
0: okay so anyway so but, um, back in october i
2: interrupted there yeah yeah no problem at all back in october we decided um we were going to go to the infectious disease week which is called id week and um after the protest we received a lot of press um all the major news stations in dc newspapers and stuff like that picked up on it um you know we 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 were able to get our doctors on and uh, make a case for Lyme disease being sexually transmitted. Um, the IDSA would not comment on any of the news outlets. Um, they just responded with a very generic, outdated 10-year response that they keep using. So we feel like we, we essentially have them back in a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Philadelphia, they have their annual conference, which is IB Week, which attracts thousands of people or thousands of infectious disease doctors from all over the world. Um, as well as uh, drug companies and stuff like that. So it's it's a very, very big event. They packed out the Philadelphia Convention Center. and Several of uh, myself and committee members that are on board with um, the Mayday Project, so we bought passes. We attended ID Week. We went there. We tried to speak with as many doctors as possible about, you know, what their thoughts were on chronic Lyme disease or persistent infection past the four weeks of doxycycline. And, you know, the response was, was pretty resounding. There was a lot of doctors that said there's a lot of controversy behind it. and With 300,000 cases of Lyme per year, there needs to be more research. And uh, that was generally the, 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 the song that echoed the entire time that we were there. So well, is that we is that
0: there. a is that a polite way of saying buzz off?
2: No, I, I don't feel like it was a polite way of buzzing off. We had doctors that sat down and talked with us for two hours. Okay, okay. Um, just because they're members of the IDSA doesn't essentially the guys that are keeping us where we're at now are people that sit on the board of um, you know Gary Worms or people like that that are strong proponents. But where where it is now is. At the event, you know, there's obviously the heads of the people that, that are in the IDSA, the VP of, um, operation, um, director of public relations and stuff like that. They're well aware of who we were. Well, we, by, we paid, I think two grand to be able to attend per person. It was very expensive to get into the, the the event with, you know, without being a doctor.
0: Right. And we're trying to keep them out.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. They didn't want us in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, they referred. We raised money to the community community to actually have a booth there um, huh. to raise awareness about Lyme disease. And they initially had granted the booth. You know, they said that we were allowed to have it. You know, we paid the deposit and then they came back and they're like, Nope, they mixed it. So we bought tickets to go inside. And there's a dinner party for all the doctors and vendors and uh, people who bought tickets to attend. Well, we were forcefully thrown out of that event that night. and It was recorded. We live streamed the whole event. So people in the live community watched, you know, kind of what happened. And um, again, this was in the Philadelphia newspaper. But um, we got the attention of the, the president-elect of the IDSA. And um, essentially, we've been in e- email contact, and he's been willing to work with us. So he's he's been trying to set up, he was dealing with the Ebola con- uh, the, a bull of nonsense. and we're trying to to think optimistic that he's not giving us the runaround because he has stayed in constant contact. Mm-hmm. but we're trying to set up a meeting with him, which he has agreed to um, before our next protest, which is in May. Um, we're going in there with about 20 peer-reviewed um, studies that are from IDSA members, even those that have been on the board um, stating that there is a persistent infection past, you know, the, the four days, or I'm sorry, four weeks of antibiotics, and um, that it you know that it can be proven. These are peer reviewed studies. So this is this year the difference between protesting is we're we're going at them not not with just peer reviewed studies from doctors all around the world. We're going specifically with studies from IDSA doctors. Hey, look, this is what you guys have said. You guys have openly admitted and in studies shown that a persistent infection exists. What are we doing from this point? Are we still going to call it, you know, post-Lyme syndrome, where they, you know, they agree that there's something wrong, it's essentially residual damage, and that there's no No persistent infection infection going on? Right, right. right, right. So, I mean, these studies prove prove that there is an active infection. You know, the tests are inaccurate. And this is all stuff people know in the Lyme community. The tests are, are inaccurate. We all know that there's no standard of treatment that really is... That works, 100%
0: 100% of the That work. Right. I mean, yeah. we
2: can put people yeah. on long-term antibiotics, but generally they come out of remission. I generally, I mean, I've talked to thousands of Lyme patients and I've never seen a lot of them come out of you know this and stay in remission for a long time. So what we're really fighting for is to get the, the guidelines revised and relooked. And we're hoping in turn by that, we know that the IDSA is responsible for research towards a cure or anything like that, but their members and the medical universities that are tied into this are so once that's accepted okay well there is a persistent infection and it affects up to 20 to 30 percent of those 300,000 cases that's a lot of people that are sick right and um, it's, it is a debilitating illness so what we're trying to do is if we get the guidelines revised then we're pushing okay well where can this research start coming from because really there's not a lot of research out there for the chronic form so that's that's where we're at now um, going into May we're planning a really big event where we do our, our annual protest there in front of the IDSA. Um, we're hoping to have our meeting with Dr. Calderwood, who's the president elect of the IDSA prior to that point. Um, but we're also, um, going to be doing several things on Capitol Hill that we'll, we'll release. We're, we're going to be rallying there right in front of Capitol Hill and doing a, a candlelight vigil, uh, the day before May 1st, um, just to remember the lives that have been lost. And, um, you know, those that are too sick to join us at the protest, but we generally have people from all over the country as far as California join us when we do these rallies.
0: So why don't you go through the timeline again, when, when exactly is the candlelight vigil?
2: All the, all the information for the events at the maydayproject.org. Okay. Let me pull up.
0: um, Yeah. For people who are driving or riding their bike Uh, or whatever they're doing now.
2: The Candlelight Vigil at Capitol Hill is going to be April 30th, um, 6.30 to 8 p.m. And, and like is I it all the,
0: what what part of the Capitol? On the steps?
2: Yeah, it, it's going to be on the front steps of the Capitol.
0: Okay, um, so facing so, facing the Supreme Court or facing the Washington Monument?
2: Facing the Supreme Court. Okay. Yeah, you, you they won't be able to miss us. And all the details will be on our website, the And the day after that, May 1st, is where we're having our protest, which will be in Arlington, Virginia. Forgive me, I don't have the address on hand, but it's going to be the um, IDSA headquarters. Okay, on there. I know the address is on our website, and that's that's the big event that we're trying to get everybody to attend because numbers are imperative there, specifically for for media presence. we we've, we've had local DC media that have that have shown up um, every single year, but we're trying to get um, some national coverage on this right get it bumped it is, up to the is, national is, level right
0: now the other thing is or <laughs> do you guys organize like staying together in a hotel over in the arlington side so everybody's kind of in the same place or is it just yeah, show up at the actually, events
2: no we actually do have a hotel that um and like i said i'm I've, I've got a great committee of people that helps me put things together i mean planning this is, is it's, it's nothing short of a miracle sometimes how these things get planned off. But um, yeah, no worries. Have a, it's, it's, a, a,
0: just so people have real 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 an real idea of what to expect and what to begin to plan for and things like that.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. It's um, the event itself. I mean, aside from the protest, it's great for line patients because you're able to connect with people that you know you might not have connected with before, and you're around so many other people that are fighting the same battle as you. So we do stay at um, the Holiday Inn, which I believe is in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Again, the address is on our website. I'm trying to pull it up now, but the we have a conference center that that we're running out. So the night that we're going to um, do that is I'm trying to think before the 29th, so the 28th, where it's, it's three days, so we'll have a conference center open inside the Holiday Inn right there in Arlington. Um, it's about a block from the IDSA, and um, if you use a discount code MAY, all caps, you'll get, you know, the discounted rate that we have, so we have a, a huge block of rooms that we block off, and um, you can get a discounted rate, but like I said, with people coming from all over the country and Lyme patients being broke, um, they can also contact us. We're sponsoring patients to get rooms, and if they need help with tribal arrangements or anything like that. Um, They can also contact us. But in the hotel and in the conference center and stuff like that, what we've seen is it's, it's almost been so many amazing acts of generosity. People come to the event and not have a place to stay and next thing you know, we've, we've got hotel rooms just overflowing with people. You know, you'll, you'll walk to a room, there's 10, 15 people, you know, you got a person from California, one from Arizona, one from New York, one from Connecticut, and all these people that were strangers before all sharing rooms, um, just united over, you know, the cause of, we essentially need this change because we're sick of being sick. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's definitely, we, we do, we all try to use the same hotel. So there's a You know, there's a unity there so people can get to know each other and, um, you know, we can try and keep the whole group together.
0: That's terrific. What a great idea. So then what's next after these big events, like in the long-term horizon, the next year, three years?
2: As far as the long-term, what, I mean, a lot of what we do is um, we're working with other trying to work with other Lyme organizations, specifically NatCap Lime, has been absolutely amazing in assisting us, but we're trying to bridge the gap and pull Lyme organizations together so that we're all working together and that we're all on the same page, that there's not so much division and, and, and difference of opinion because there's strength in numbers and it's definitely something that we need. So that's something that, that, that we're going to be trying to work on um, with NatCap. Also, um, Throughout the year, we're we're constantly just trying to dig up articles and, and talk with the people that are doing research and um, just find out. So we're compiling data. So there's one central location where people can go to say, okay, well there is you know chronic Lyme or you know persistent infection, and we we do um, education events. We have one coming up. We don't have a date set, but we're looking within the next month where we'll do a webinar. To educate the patients on how to protest effectively. Um, Sharing our stories is great and it makes us feel great, but um, the media generally and um, the scientific community, that's not what they want to hear. They need to be able to see the facts and they need to see why we're out there fighting and um, you know that we're not loony and that there is science that backs what we're saying. So we we do webinars and uh, online events to try and educate the patient on why it is we're fighting and the science behind, okay, you're not crazy. Yes, there is chronic Lyme disease. And, um, you know, that part, we don't really get into the treatment realm or anything. You know, different people get, you know, have different forms of treatment and that's fantastic. But we do try to advise patients on, you know, what they can do to, to try and help. So we'll assist in just different campaigns throughout the community. Um, you know, we, we do, we do a lot of just, a lot of the people that are on the committee are very active in, um, in the community. So there's just, you know, different events that will be tied into. We also are part of a a big event that's going on in Atlanta with the ticked off music festival and a huge conference that Karen, who's on our committee is running where we'll have multiple doctors, um, Dr. Lee Cowden. Um, I'm not off the top of my head. I don't remember everybody that's speaking, but it's a a very big conference that's going down in Atlanta. So we went from doing like maybe one event to a year to now we're, we're just now transitioning into a full nonprofit 501c3 where we're doing year round work um, for the community.
0: And if people want to get involved, either donate money or donate time or whatever it is, their participation is going to be go to the website. Is that the best thing?
2: Yeah, they can go to the website, or, I mean, if, if they're on social media, they can look up the Mayday Project dot, or just the Mayday Project will come up. Yeah, on our website, it has my contact information, and Allison, who's co-chair, um, they can get on, there's a contact us form on there. So, if they have any questions, they're more than, you know, welcome to ask. And we're always looking for help at these events. So, they, they take a lot of people to, to take off, and we all work on a volunteer basis. So, I mean, the more the merrier.
0: All right. Fantastic. Well, Josh, in closing, you've been very generous with your time, and I know you're fighting through uh, this new treatment and just trying to keep your head above water as it uh, kills off the Borrelia in you. Um, So thanks very much. So in closing, is there anything else that you want to say?
2: No, I just would want to encourage people to come out to the event. Um, Like I previously said, if you're financially strained. If if transportation's an issue, please get in contact with us, and we'll see what we can do about getting you here. We have multiple carpools from all across the country that are coming in, so it's it, it's imperative that that people come and they feel like they're a part of this because there's nothing really out there. The government's not fighting for us. You know, we really don't have any doctors that are fighting. You know, essentially as a group for a cure. So it, it's imperative that we get a large group of people out here. So um, if you're too sick to come, try to send someone in lieu of you, a parent, a friend, you know, a, a spouse. We just we just really need to try and get people out there. And that's, that's the biggest message that I want to communicate for, you know, everybody that's out there that's fighting that is too sick to come, that we're, we're going to be releasing ways that you can, you know, that, that you can have a presence there. We always live stream the event so everybody from home can watch the event live take place. But um, we're going to have several campaigns that the people from home too sick to attend will be able to participate in so they can feel like they're a part of the event.
0: Terrific. That's so great. We'll have all the details for your website and the Facebook page on the show notes section uh, on the website here so people will be able to easily find you. Thanks so much for talking.
2: Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay, have a great day.
0: All right, Josh, thanks.
1: Great interview.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Mayday Project is a worthwhile endeavor. So if you can participate any way, please do that. Yeah. Also, if you haven't gotten our Lime Ninja Brain Fog Protocol, mosey on over to the website there and uh, sign up for a mailing list and you'll get instructions on how to download that. And we're moving along slowly on our project about information about chronic Lyme and keep your ears open for that. We will get something out, hopefully, this spring. So, Rora, I have a question for you. Yeah. What's the Lime Ninja fact of the day?
1: Did you know that ninjas put their pants on two legs at a time? Lime Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.